It's DTS 186, and we actually got a very substantial good TWAB, also Monster Hunter World released, and some information about a delay on Anthem. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny The Show. Welcome to Destiny the Show, the Destiny News Podcast to keep you the guardian ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I am BBK Dragoon. I'm joined as always by Diddy. It's time for the puppy and weather update, Diddy. What's going down? <laughs> uh, so the weather's been nice here in uh, where I live, and it's it's like 65 degrees every single day and sunny, clear skies. And right. it's almost February. Uh, winter came and went in a weekend. And uh, not complaining too much as long as it doesn't get too hot very soon. Uh, classes are going well with Whiskey the puppy. Uh, he is just over six months old now, and he started his third level of manners class actually today as we record this. Dude, when you said classes, my mind jumped back because when we first started Destiny the show back during the alpha days of D1, I had just graduated from university, and I mm-hmm. think you were still in university. And I can yep, say, for another year. yeah, man, after working for the last three and a half years. I really am grateful that we don't have homework anymore. Yeah, there's more stress <laughs> with jobs in some way, but coming home and not having homework. Oh. I mean, getting a steady paycheck every couple of weeks is is nice. Yes. There are other <laughs> like, struggles that come, though, and more responsibilities, but I'm just... Because like, all the work you do in university, right, or in school, is all that hard work is rewarded with a grade. Yeah. Uh, all my hard work now as a working professional is money, and I love that. Yes. Like, I mean, that's just young adult talk, but it's just like, oh, yeah, I get paid to do this. Nice. But when you forget the assignment, it might be your last day at the yeah. office this time. <laughs> so you kind of have to like weigh things out a little bit differently. Yeah, that's oh, true. dude. This week, I'm really excited for this th- today's show. The TWAB that came out, I think you said this is like the best TWAB we've had in a really long time and i have to agree Mm -hmm. the ship is turning if they keep doing twabs like these cosmo hit the ball out of the park we've got iron banner coming back masterworks armor and on top of all that a very clear conversation about the shaders and there's a bunch more crammed in there regarding the rewards the new like bright engram ghost thingy this was good sentiment wise i wanted to come to into it like sour with the whole mood and, and overcast clouds above the destiny scene but i was pleasantly surprised how about you yeah i when i read through the twab obviously my expectations were the lowest they could be and after reading just the raid designer section i was like oh okay yeah that's actually good information <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's in my opinion the last what, what tw- the last time we had TWAB this good was when they announced or detailed Age of Triumph like a year ago. Yeah. And this is like okay. Obviously, right? Doesn't fix everything right now, but if they keep giving us these things in detail consistently on a timely manner, we're turning the ship around. We're we're making last Deej, Deej said course correction, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, that you pointed out Deej sort of seems like a community manager of the community managers now. 
And that mm-hmm. was somewhat confirmed through a response he had to somebody on Twitter. I don't have the tweet in front of me. I'll paraphrase it. But it sounds like he is sort of moving up within the company to better change the workflow of how the company actually interfaces between us, the player base, and the developers. And it seems like Cosmo and DMG are also pushing up in the ranks to where Cosmo will probably be our main TWAB go-to guy from this point forward, right? Yeah, it certainly seems that way. And, you know, obviously Cosmo wrote this one, uh, this TWAB, and if he can keep pulling in developers that can communicate this well in future TWABs, I think that's going to be really nice. Yeah. So in addition to the TWAB, we're going to talk about the CNBC article that was released detailing kind of sort of Destiny 2's problematic sentiments hitting the mainstream. And we'll talk about Anthem being delayed until 2019. We'll also mention, actually, why don't we just talk about Monster Hunter before we get into the news real quick? (laughs) Sure. Monster Hunter World came out. A lot of the Destiny community influencers like streamers and YouTubers are playing the game and showcasing it, myself included. And it's a really cool game, but I do want to preface and just say it will not resonate with everybody who plays Destiny. I want to issue that word of caution. While it's deserving of its 9 and 10 out of 10 reviews it's getting across the board for the most part, it is a Monster Hunter game at its core. And if you don't like that, and you don't sort of already know before going in it what that core gameplay looks like, you might this might not resonate with you. You played the betas, and you, you what were your some of your thoughts? So... You and I are perfectly split, and this is not intentional about Monster Hunter. You absolutely love it, and after playing the beta, I was like, okay, that's it. And the combat, to me, didn't work, right? Mm -hmm. It's A lot of people were comparing the combat system to, like, Dark Souls and Bloodborne and those kinds of things. It's And I, like, really, like, mash and spam the the buttons on your controller and attack as fast as possible whereas monster hunter at least from my beta impression was you actually have to combo and you have to use your weapon effectively in the proper manner that it was designed yes i just i hate that i just i just want (laughs) to pick up a sword and i just want to spam it and throw it as fast as i can and do as much damage as possible and Mm -hmm. uh it's just i mean it's just not my type of game and like you said not everyone who plays destiny is going to resonate well i'm one of those people and it resonates super well with you because you're one of those people. Yeah, I I played some Monster Hunter Freedom on the PSP a decade ago. And for people who haven't played Monster, you hit the nail on the head, by the way, Diddy. The animation style, when people compare it to Dark Souls Bloodborne, no, other than it being third person and having dodge rolling, it's very different. The animation windows are much, much longer. So if you're a spammy kind of player, you're going to get caught in an animation and get ran over by a freight train of a dinosaur a lot. It's it's all about careful precision. Press triangle, circle, R2 triangle, same time, then back away. That kind of a thing. And there are dex weapons where you can be a little bit more nimble. But too long, didn't read the summary. Monster Hunter's been going forever in Japan, and it's a cultural phenomenon out there. Monster Hunter games are primarily handheld in Japan because the handheld market out there is huge. It's not uncommon to see a businessman in a suit on the train getting a hunt in before work, just like you would see like school children playing it together on their recess kind of a deal. So Monster Hunter World is an attempt to get the West as engaged with Monster Hunter as it is in Japan. A lot of Monster Hunter games never even came to the West because of just how Japanese-oriented that game is. And while Monster Hunter World is definitely the most accessible Monster Hunter game out of the whole lot, it's the best chance that a new player from the West is going to get into it, it is still cram-packed with a lot of tropes from previous Monster Hunter games. So 
be prepared for lots of tutorials, a billion and one subsystems, and a, a lot of things that you're just gonna have to come to grips with. There's a cumbersome nature to how multiplayer works. You have to understand posting a job on the board, and then if that's an SOS, when you can join it, and oh, he hasn't seen the cutscene for that yet. You need to wait for that, then fire the SOS, <laughs> then go to the quest board, look under the recent assigned quest. Thing. So there's a Japanese uh, element to it that is not completely built like Destiny is, where I'm gonna invite you to my fire team, and then we're gonna be together for all of our stuff. Yeah. Net, uh, not my kind of game. <laughs> just, just listening to you say all that, it's just like, man, that sounds awful. I just want to <laughs> sit down, play a game for fifteen minutes, and then go eat dinner or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, it is. I'm, I'm just for reference. I'm like twenty five, thirty hours in, and I easily can see where the hundred or one hundred and fifty hour mark will come in. Best comparison I have is if you like Warframe. You probably will like War or uh, Monster Hunter because you you've essentially farmed the bosses to get the resources you need to build better weapons and armor sets, and they start looking really cool. And there's more to it than that, but that at, at its core, that basically is thirty to forty minute hunts to get parts to get better armor and weapons. Rinse, repeat. That's Monster Hunter in a nutshell. Nice. All right, news time, Diddy. Let's hop into it. Twop, 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 twop. New Monarchy won the faction rally to nobody's Woo! surprise. Ugh. Iron Banner is coming back. <laughs> and did he, with these changes to Iron Banner, I'm telling you right now, again, this twob was so surprisingly good, I'm actually looking forward to Iron Banner, and I will be playing, and I will be trying to finish out my set on the PC. So what's our game type? When's it starting, and how long is it lasting? Tuesday, January 30th. By the way, that's a patch day. Until Tuesday, February 6th, and the game is Control. Bada-bing, bada-boom. We've got a hand cannon, we have got the scout rifle, and we have the mighty good shotgun. But that's not it, Diddy. We're getting some other stuff. Is that a ghost? I see. It's a ghost, a new emblem, of course. It's a new season, and a sparrow. Mm-hmm. I was drinking water there. I'm sorry. It actually looks really cool. The only thing they're not showing off in the TWAB is an Iron Banner ship. We'll save that for when you discover it yourself. If you're missing items from the last season, they'll still drop as possible rewards from the Engram. There's also a new emblem that you just mentioned. Here's the really cool deal. They've received a lot of feedback from previous Iron Banner events. Players prefer a way to directly acquire items. So, with that in mind, Bunchy have added the ability to obtain armor and three different weapons from Lord Saladin during each event. And they actually gave the picture here of the full set of armor that you can acquire. And look at that, the three weapons f plus the full roll of ornaments there, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the picture right now. That's uh, a cape, boots, or I'm sorry, Titan Mark, whatever. Uh, class item, thank you. Uh, the legs, <laughs> the arms, the chest, and the helmet. Yeah. And then the ornaments for each one of those things. And then the three weapons, the hand cannon, the scout rifle, and the shotgun. It's I can I can buy it That's, right there. Thank you, thank you. It's not a random chance. Gives me a static, guaranteed path towards acquiring that gear, and I know when to get it because I can just hover over it and see what the currency is exactly. to acquire that thing. And that gives me reason to go in, acquire that uh, currency, and then hand it in. 
Yeah, so there's no limit on the tokens. That's what you're talking about with the currency. But also mm-hmm. for the ornaments themselves, when you hover over them, there are specific challenges you can complete in order to acquire those ornaments. This is really getting to the heart of the matter here, and it resonates strongly with me because this is cool. There's no limit to how many freaking Engram packages you can get this event or how many tokens you can farm. Go buy the gear. We heard your concerns. The ornaments make the gear look really cool with this silver uh, bright shine. It's not like my head's on fire and I've got like rockets shooting out my back like some of the older ornaments from like Age of Triumph were. (laughs) But overall, this is a huge step in the right direction to make me interested in Iron Banner once again. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the I'm looking at the Hunter Cape spin around right now, and it's very reminiscent of the original vanilla Destiny Iron Banner Cape. Oh, and it I is. love that. And like you said, on the ornaments, right? This is not like the Faction Rally ornaments where it's just a saturation of a shader on your helmet. It's It, it actually changed. You look like a samurai warrior, right? The Iron Banner armor, it looks the same as last season, but the ornaments now, you know, kind of make it an upgraded, more polished model. And it actually changes some of the geometry there. And it looks better as opposed to, I'm, oh, I just have a shader now. It's, it looks more like an ornament should, right? Yes. And I agree. It's, it's not mind-blowingly different. But it's enough for those who've already got the set, who are interested in continuing their journey. It's further uh, engagement. It's the right step I think they could take across the whole game, right? If they see this Iron Banner idea working with the vendor, apply this elsewhere. Don't make it so there there are no random drops anymore because there are some great things to chase in that randomness of the Ingram package. Mm-hmm. But as a thematic and as a general baseline foundation, this is a big improvement from the previous event. It's funny you mention apply this elsewhere because later in the TWAB, we'll talk about it in a minute, they do apply this somewhere else in Destiny, and it's not PvP. Dun, so, dun, dun. <laughs> Let's talk about Masterworks Armor. It is coming to the game next week. All Legendary Armor now has a chance to drop as a Masterwork. The same rules apply as with the weapons for Masterwork, but with Armor, same thing like with the weapons here, the Trials of the Nine and Raid activities have a higher drop chance, but you might get lucky with an Engram, from Lord Shax or any other vendor who offers those engrams. So the benefits for Masterworks armor. Each armor piece that is Masterworks grants 3% damage resistance while using a super, kind of like the Skull of Ahamkaram back in D1. This stacks for a 15% chance, uh, 15% damage reduction total. If you have a full set, Masterworks armor can be reworked to a different stat package. So heavy, light, or restorative for one Masterwork core and 10 legendary shards. And one last thing to add, Diddy, I know a lot of people aren't like blown away with the 15% damage reduction, myself included, but this is only version 1.0 of Masterworks. They do say they're planning to continue updating the system and adding more benefits. What are your thoughts just off the cuff? So when Masterworks weapons came out, I was super unimpressed. It was just like, oh, more orbs of light, yay. Uh, but, you know, in practice, I can pick my, those up myself, which is actually really cool. Masterworks armor, I'm still not super excited, but I do like the fact that each Masterwork armor piece has the same 
essentially effect, which is the damage reduction, of course, and it stacks up to 15 times and it kind of gives it that artificial full perk set uh, bonus. And that's the 15% the damage reduction. So uh, I think that's actually really nice because it's another way to, you know, really work towards finalizing uh, and min-maxing that, that, that piece of that gear set that you that you always like to wear it's one extra step above getting the gear set that you want right yeah exactly i agree i'm not overwhelmed this is version 1.0 if they keep adding to it though i think we're going to have this moment six seven eight months from now if they continue adding to it mind you if it stays the same for a year bleh. but we'll have this moment six or seven months from now where there's like three extra layers to masterworks where you really want that set and when you see the guy with a full decked out masterwork set you're like nice that guy <laughs> yeah. that, that guy's got it going so yeah speaking of which though let's transition into i think what you foreshadowed earlier the raid reward renewal so they got senior designer daniel Akinpa. i hope that's how you say it if so that is a sweet I last so. name dude to talk about what we're going to experience next week in regards to the updated raid reward stuff. So, with the upcoming January patch, should be calling it February, but it's okay. It's probably smart because it's still like, what January January thirtieth. Yeah. That's the patch that he's talking about. Time is flying. Uh, they're making a I number know, of right? changes <laughs> to the way raid rewards work. We've been hearing that the current system doesn't feel exciting when you kill bosses, that tokens aren't interesting enough, and that you want more deep chase items to hunt down. This is oh, our yeah. first swing at tackling some of those, and we hope you'll jump in and play with these changes a bit, and then let us know how you feel. For now, let's dive in. Rain armor now drops with perks that function on the Leviathan. These appear on mods that are selectable on both new drops and existing raid armor pieces you may already have in your inventory. Additionally, these mods are reusable. So if you swap to another one, these will always be in the list to swap back to on your raid armor, for the low, low price of one callous token. Since no one wants to take a negative five power penalty if they remove their legendary mods while in the raid, all the raid mods are legendary by default. This nice. should also be extra icing on the cake for players who can't seem to get the last mod they need to max their gear out. The goal for these perks was to elevate the power of guardians in the raid, and we aim to build things that were useful in every encounter. As a result, we avoided things that relied on specific mechanics to be useful and moved to broadly useful perks like recharge your grenade when you activate <laughs> your super and deal 20% extra damage after getting a melee kill as opposed to things tied to specific mechanics. And so like when they show here the mod uh, Emperor's Blaze, while on the Leviathan, your solar abilities deal 25% more damage. That is substantial. And that's on a hunter cloak, by the way. So throw on your Nighthawk and deal 25% extra damage with that one golden gun shot. So I cannot wait to see the 15 second callus kill with like six Nighthawk hunters. It's going to be crazy with, with this stuff. And I really like that they mentioned in that last sentence there um, as opposed to things tied to specific mechanics, right? In Destiny 1, when we had raid perks, I'm thinking Crota's End, right? Increased movement speed or increased agility when carrying a sword or something mm -hmm. like that. Something yeah. to do with a, a relic within that raid. That's not what's happening with these raid perks. It's more generalized, more tied to 
abilities and your your subclass and i really really like that as opposed to you know specifically in the raid uh, mm -hmm. you have to be carrying the relic or you have to be standing on a totem or or any of that stuff because it just it makes it useful everywhere and for everyone inside the raid and i really like that i'm so encouraged reading this this is the type of stuff where you're like yes yes more <laughs> yes Double drops. Clearing prestige now gives you prestige and normal drops. Just like the old days, Diddy. If you're clearing hard, you're getting Woo. both of them rewards. Thankfully. Finally. Yes. Yeah, heroic. Excuse me. Raid <laughs> encounters always drop a raid piece. We didn't want players to have that dead encounter feeling anymore, where they had already received all the rewards for that encounter and were just waiting on a later encounter. Or even worse, the disappointed feeling where no one in your raid group gets something which could happen under rare circumstances in the old system. So we've unified the drop tables for the encounters so that raid gear isn't tied to a specific encounter anymore, with an exception I'll get into down below. So no matter what encounter you clear, you can get raid loot. Every encounter has a chance to drop an exotic now. Not an engram that you have to take back to Rahul for decryption, but an item you could equip and start using immediately if you want. This list of possible exotic drops is comprised of all non-quest exotics with armor and weapons weighted equally and is restricted to things your class can equip. Look at this, look at this transparency. I don't think that a raid designer has ever talked to us about drop tables this clearly before. This was the paragraph when I was reading the TWAM where I said, wow, that's good. Like that's that's the detail we want, right? Yes. Because yes. reading some general vague statement about, yeah, we've uh, increased the chance of raid drops in this encounter. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, which one and how much? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, so breaking it down step by step here. They say, uh, we, so we've unified the drop tables for encounters so that raid gear isn't tied to a specific encounter anymore. So think Vault of Glass, Fatebringer from the Templar, right? Yep. That's yep. the only encounter that that weapon could drop. Not anymore. You don't have to, you know, say, oh, I've got uh, this checkpoint in the raid so uh, that people can get that specific yep. loot. Yep. Nope. Can do any encounter, get any piece of raid gear everywhere on a leviathan and i love love that so that's that's just really good and then of course every encounter has a chance to drop an exotic rain in exotics you get an exotic you get an exotic and you get an exotic and of course if i'm a hunter it says that uh i get equipment that my class can equip so i'm not going to get a titan helmet and i'm like oh, now i gotta go make a titan so i can use this piece of gear you know it's like Yes. Every single sentence in this paragraph, I was just like, yes, yes, and yes. Thank you. Yeah. So it continues. By the way, Daniel Akinpah, please do all of our raid update stuff like this. From <laughs> This is awesome. And I'm going to follow you, you on Twitter after this. That's right. <laughs> if you get tired of me like, quoting each thing, it's, it's purely because I want you guys to hear the language difference versus now and like the D2 dev update from December, right? So right. here we go. The raid vendor selling stuff, right? For the cost of legendary shards and some callous tokens, you can purchase these pieces if you have completed that raid for the week. For instance, let's say you want to buy the prestige chest armor. You need to complete the prestige mode that week before you can do so. This is so people can't just save up tokens by sticking to the normal mode, yet still wear the prestige gear. We wanted to give people agency to fill in those slots that they're missing, not negate the need to progress further in the raid. 
Old Benedict will change up what pieces they have available for purchase each week. So that in and of itself is a really smart thing because, okay, let's say I just do normal over and over and over again, but I want that prestige piece. I'll just walk on down to the vendor. I'll buy that there. They've put a layer in place that prevents you from getting gear that you shouldn't have access to. You need to beat the prestige mode that week to buy the prestige gear. It's clever. I like that they gave a reason for this. Exactly. And this is what I was mentioning earlier from the Iron Banner system. Like I can purchase gear from that as long as I've completed that uh, that week. And on top of that, this whole system, right? If we think about how they're adding gear into every single drop and every single encounter in the raid, some people might have thought, well, what do I do with all my callus tokens now? Surely it can't just be uh, that one consumable thing that is re-rollable. But it's, I use those tokens as currency for the vendor now. So say I complete both the, the raid and the raid layer on normal mode for that week, and I didn't get the piece of gear that I wanted, but the vendor is selling it. I can use those tokens I acquired and get that piece of gear anyway. So my time isn't totally wasted. Yep. And then finally, the new exotic raid goes the Contender's Shell. And I quote here, while not at the complete grind level of the legendary Nano Phoenix, by the way, that was the raid ship from Rise of Iron, we felt like we needed to add a chase item to the raid pool to make coming back still have a reward potential each week. This is the contender's shell. This ghost can drop from the final encounter in both Leviathan or Eater of Worlds. We also included some bad luck protection to avoid the previously mentioned Nano Phoenix problem, so that dedicated raiders can rest assured they'll get their hands on it eventually, even if it takes several weeks. The Contender Shell comes with some brand new perks that we're hoping helps reward players that keep clearing the raid even after they've gotten their ghost. Both active only on the Leviathan and its lair, they aim to make Leviathan encounter rewards stay awesome. First, Seeker of Brilliance enables the chance for encounters to drop bright engrams from their loot pools. Every time one doesn't drop a bright engram, we increase the chance for the next. Remember, those exotics that can drop from encounters I was talking about earlier. Well, Seeker of Opulence means that those exotics have a 50% chance to pull from a list of exotics you haven't collected yet instead of the standard list. Lastly, to top off this already pretty rad ghost, we threw on Seeker of Glory, which provides a tracker for the number of encounters you have defeated on the Leviathan. I realize this is a bit of an avalanche of text, a uh, big text wall here. Um, I know we still aren't going to address every concern here, but hopefully this is a start in good faith. If we miss the mark on something, please let us know. Additionally, if you think we really nailed it with one of these changes, please give us that feedback as well so we can keep doing more of that. We're hard at work on the next month's update now, but I hope next week you jump back into the Leviathan, both the raid and the lair, and let us know how it feels. Slow clap. You need to be the president of Punchy, sir. Agreed. That is so I mean, smart, dude. If you're a collector, if you're a hardcore, it's so smart. This is great. I mean, so brief recap. I know that was just a ton of information. Three raid perks on this ghost. You have the first one, which uh, enables the chance to drop bright engrams from each encounter. That's That's crazy, right? The only t chance to get Bright Engrams before was leveling up or reaching that experience cap. And then the second perk is it <laughs> it increases your chance of getting an exotic that you don't already have and not just 
a random exotic from the exotic loot pool, right? It says 50% chance to pull from a list of exotics you haven't collected yet. That's awesome. Third perk, of course, is the raid encounter completion tracker. So we got the kill tracker ghost. This is just the raid counter ghost, which is great. Obviously, if I'm using this ghost in the raid, it's because I want to enhance my raid experience. So it's going to count that as well. So this is really nice. This is a piece of gear, obviously, that I'm going to want if I'm a hardcore raider, because it's just, like I said, it's going to enhance that experience just tenfold. Yes, this this is such a smart item because it's a long-term pursuit just to get it. Then once you get it, it continues rewarding you for raiding yep. and for the completionist. This is the perfect item to add into your arsenal to give you that leg up. And you can also see how many encounters that you've done with this thing. It, it's, it's great. And I'm voicing it loud, proud, and clear. Continue yeah. this direction and the <laughs> ship is turning. If you keep putting TWABs out like this, because we're already almost at our timeline and we still have more to go in the TWAB, this is what, you do these once a month, dude, and sentiment will change and the game will improve. This stuff gets me stoked. Yeah, agreed, 100%. Okay, let's keep rolling. They give patch note preview of stuff that's happening. Yes, the Prometheus lens is getting touched. There's a bullet point list. We'll link it on our website since we're getting close up against the time. Most of these are small quality of life fixes, nothing that's like dramatically huge. The shader sit down. So they did sit down with lead designer Tyson Green to talk about the problem of dismantling shaders. Okay, so here's the main deal. Shaders are individual items. Individual items trigger individual reward bundles when dismantled even when those rewards are simple. That creates a challenge for us that we haven't yet addressed, which is triggering dozens or hundreds of reward bundles simultaneously when an entire stack of shaders is dismantled. This is challenging not simply because an arbitrary number of rewards need to be run and delivered simultaneously, but because we also have to safeguard against scenarios where this produced items couldn't fit in your inventory, which could be instantly lost, right? So shaders that produce glimmer could easily evaporate into nothing. Mm -hmm. We could introduce a, uh, a relatively easy uh, button, basically, like L2 plus X, and let players actually delete a full stack, but that isn't the spirit of what players are asking for. We're really looking, can I get rid of 30 of these or something like that? So we're looking at a stronger yeah. solve. Um, and here's the main bullet points to take away. They're looking at this feedback from us. It should be easier to get rid of a stack of shaders. We are looking at a mass exchange solution. We know you miss D1 armor shader mechanics. Looking at ways to reintegrate that capability without losing the ability to shade weapons, ghosts, ships, sparrows, or customize specific pieces of armor. We also understand you want shaders to be more freely usable and not limited by availability. We're looking at reintroducing shader collections or a way to get copies of a shader in your possession. So my paraphrase of that ditty is, we get it. We did consumable shaders because <laughs> microtransactions. <laughs> you guys don't like it. So we're trying to figure out a way where we can preserve your ability to customize each piece. And we're trying to figure out how we can do this in a way where overlords, either management at Bungie or Activision, still can have shaders put into Eververse, but in a way that's more beneficial for everybody. Maybe that's kiosks, maybe that is a currency that lets you copy pasta, the shaders you already have in a way that's more effective. Like what if you go to your kiosk and it requires some legendary shards to pull out six copies of that shader? That's what I read from this. Hmm. Yeah, 
I think that's a that's a good assumption or you know deduction of what they're trying to say. I agree. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. I mean, one last thing. They did their first web comic about Osiris. The second edition is coming soon. Okay. Wow. This show, whew, this was a fun show. We wanted to talk about the CNBC article that came out where gamer anger over microtransactions will have consequences for Activision Electronic Arts, says an analyst. So there's an investment banking platform called Cowan, and they basically ran an article saying Destiny 2 is struggling right now with player engagement, and it's going to be tough for Bungie to turn things around, mainly citing a lot of the problems that you guys are already aware of if you've been listening to the show for a while. I don't think we have enough time to really dissect this in total. Uh, Mm -hmm. Activision stock wasn't touched for a handful of reasons we've (laughs) mentioned during the investor earning call stuff. Like, they're in a massive share buyback program. (laughs) So they can purchase their shares whenever they would like to, uh, of course, at a very public and, and regulated pace. But with everything going on in Activision's portfolio right now, especially if COD and Destiny 2 were the number one selling NA games, like their tweet said last week, uh, I doubt you're going to see any major results in their share price soon. And then I think there was one more thing to mention. Oh, yeah, Anthem getting pushed back to 2019. I think a lot of folks were hoping it was going to be this year, right? Yeah, and my impression of this is they saw, the developers, they saw how much uh, media or press coverage that Destiny 2 was getting, and they didn't like it because I'm assuming Anthem was similar in some or a lot of ways, and they just need some time to kind of revamp and rethink some of those systems. That's my theory. That's my you know tinfoil hat or spin foil hat if you're a Destiny 1 fan. That's 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 my conspiracy, right? I, I think they saw how much bad press Destiny 2 was getting because of all of its systems and how it came out, and they're like, oh, crap. That's our game. We need to fix it. <laughs> I, I hate to be this person because it feels like Destiny players desperately want a strong competitor to Destiny so that they can push each other forward, right? Right. This is EA. Guys, what on earth makes yeah. you think EA would make a morally okay. better game in terms of microtransactions? You give <laughs> EA a progression-based looter shooter? Are you kidding me? Or they so on my point, maybe they weren't looking at Destiny 2's press, but they looked at Battlefront's press cuz that's yeah. also EA and they're like, yeah. "Oh crap, we got microtransactions in this too. We need to we need to not do this again, guys, because that was bad. <laughs> a lot of the big Bioware devs that worked on the original Mass Effect series have left the studio over the course of the last year and a half. It's eerie how much it reminds me of like Staten Bungie. and Marty mm-hmm. and Bungie leading up to Destiny. So yes, maybe it's awesome. I want it to be awesome, but me it's too. EA. I mean, that teaser trailer looked really awesome. That gameplay, I mean, it looked like suit of armor flying around going through water blowing stuff up that was that seemed really cool yeah yeah i don't even think if it succeeds it's gonna fulfill the destiny role it's third person action in anthem yeah destiny still has this secret sauce and as much as i'd love to see a good competitor (laughs) push the studios together like competition sharpens everybody like Destiny still has that world that just is really unique and engaging. So, anyway, 
With all that said, next week we will cover a couple more things. We did get an email from a listener. Mindser, we will answer that question next week. We just ran out of time this uh, go around. If you want to talk with us, Diddy, where can we have a conversation in text or voice form? Ooh, that might be our Discord. Discord.me slash Destiny the Show. Got lots of great text channels. We got a Monster Hunter channel. So if you're into Monster Hunter or if BBK has convinced you to try Monster Hunter, you can just (laughs) tell him that you're like me or you're like him and say you love it or hate it in our Discord, discord.me slash Destiny the Show. Indeed. Where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash DiddyDTS, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. On my Twitter, I recently posted a picture of some fantastic chicken drumsticks that I cooked in the oven, and uh, I'll probably be tweeting out a few videos or pictures of whiskey because he's adorable and awesome. Indeed. All the links from today and more are on our website, DestinyTheShow.com. Please follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with uh, updates for the show, at DestinyTheShow. My YouTube and Twitter is at BBK Dragoon, and hang out with me on Twitch. It's the same name, BBK Dragoon. Been doing a few streams a week, a lot of Monster Hunter right now, and we'll see if that hype train keeps rolling. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk with you next time, Guardians. <laughs>